there, I'm Andrea Koppel, and it's time for Coffee, the podcast where you get to hear firsthand what the jobs and careers that interest you the most are really like. Hey there, Java junkies. Welcome back to another episode of T4C. Are you interested in breaking into lobbying, also known as government affairs, in the healthcare field? Then this is the episode for you. Because my next guest is a government affairs and policy manager at the National Rural Health Association, a national nonprofit membership association with more than 20,000 members. But before I introduce you to Max Isakoff, I want to make sure you've signed up to download a free copy of the Just Brew It ebook. It's got one-stop shopping career advice from some of the rock star professionals who've been guests on T4C, including NPR journalist and podcaster Guy Raz. He's the host of the How I Built This podcast. And Dr. Janet Yellen, the former chairwoman of the Federal Reserve Bank. And it's so easy to do. Just head over to the Time for Coffee website at time, the number four, coffee.org, and you'll see the sign-up box right there on the homepage. Now, my Java lovers, please grab your mug and take a chug of your favorite caffeinated beverage because it's time for another caffeinated career conversation. And my guest is Max Isakoff, the Government Affairs and Policy Manager at the National Rural Health Association, a national nonprofit membership organization with more than 21,000 members. The association's mission is to provide leadership on rural health issues through advocacy, communications, education, and research. NRHA membership consists of a diverse collection of individuals and organizations, all of whom share the common bond of an interest in rural health. Since graduating from college in May 2014, Max has spent the last six years working for a member of Congress and supporting several different healthcare-related membership associations, including the Medical Group Management Association, which is the premier association for professionals who lead medical practices, as well as the advisory board company, whose experts work with hospital and health system leaders across the U.S. to identify the most pressing strategic and operational issues that they're facing, and then they find out who's doing it the best so that everyone else can learn from them. Max, welcome to Time for Coffee. Are you caffeinated and ready to go? Hi, Andrea. It is so great to be with you. And yes, I have a cup of coffee right now and I am sipping on it and it tastes delicious. Awesome. What kind of coffee do you like to drink? I am drinking Fika coffee, which is a roaster out of Minnesota. And Fika comes from the Swedish word from coffee break. So it is very perfect for this conversation. Lovely. Oh my gosh. Did you plan to have that for your coffee? It sounds a little too good to be true. I am very lucky that my wonderful mother back in Michigan sends me care packages of my favorite coffee, and I'm lucky enough that I had some ready for this conversation here today. Oh my gosh, I wish I got care packages of coffee, (laughs) you lucky guy. So Max, let us dive into our 10 espresso shots, which we are framing around the field of government affairs and lobbying 
in the healthcare sector, or should we cast the net even wider? I definitely know the lobbying and government affairs world of healthcare the most, but happy to cast that net wider if that is uh, where the conversation goes. Okay, sounds good. So what entry-level jobs are available to young people who want to break into your field, Max? That is a great question. Now, this is something where I really thought about a lot when I was in college. I was lucky enough to do some internships, one in Washington, D.C., and one at the district office for a congressman back in my home state of Michigan that was in driving distance of my college. So that gave me a little bit of experience working in the political realm. So when I came out of college, I was looking for a job in this area, in this field of study, and what is really available every two years and every four years and every six years for senators are campaign jobs. Oh, yeah. Campaigns always need help, whether that is being involved as a volunteer, as an intern, as someone on the field in the campaign, working on door knocking, stuffing mailers, all the nitty gritty of a campaign is a great way to not only start working in the political field, but also a great way to connect with that member of Congress, that state representative, that state senator, and really get some face time with them as you are a part of their campaign operation. Excellent. What about within the healthcare realm more specifically? Absolutely. So coming out of college, if you are interested in working in government affairs and in specifically healthcare, it usually the path to these type of jobs does go through working for a member of Congress, someone in the government to get that experience before working in government affairs. But there are certain jobs that are available right coming out of school, whether that is being an associate at um, a trade association or a consulting firm that handles healthcare issues. And there's a lot of jobs for researchers who want to do a research assistant job and really get into the field itself and learn a lot at that point. So there are some entry-level jobs within the industry, but the more normal path is probably to work in the government before going into government affairs. Great. Okay. Great suggestions. Max, what is a useful hard and soft skill that you look for in the young people you hire? A huge skill that I am constantly looking for for members of my team and colleagues that I want to bring on to my team is number one is this ability to be flexible, to be adaptive in their daily work. Working in government affairs, things change quickly. There's always a new bill coming out or a new idea from if you are part of a membership association, a member who has a problem, and then you are working to maybe come up with a solution, working with your partners on Capitol Hill. It's a really changing landscape day by day. And a perfect example of that is currently the pandemic and the challenges arising from that. So the ability to take new challenges and run with that, being able to be a self-starter and really innovate, come up with new ways to handle problems is a skill I am always looking for. And maybe a softer skill is just the ability to communicate. So that's communicating with everyone in an organization from the CEO down. Being able to have the confidence to talk to anyone at any level of an organization shows me that you are able to be plugged in these situations, working with members of Congress, members of the administration, and you'll be fine. 
and you'll succeed at it. And that is something I really look for and really value in people that I am looking to bring onto my team. That makes so much sense because in order to persuade people to support whatever your legislation is that you want to push through or the language that you want inserted into a piece of legislation, you better be able to communicate both verbally and in writing in a clear and compelling way. Yes, the communication skills are very key. And what really comes with that is the sense of relationship management as well. Just as you were saying, Andrea, the ability to be able to persuade someone, to educate them on an issue, that is going to take levels of communication, whether sending that email to get that meeting, to be able to meet in person, and then have the presence to communicate with them in person to accomplish your goal of educating them, persuading them through your legislation, and then creating this relationship that will not only be productive in the issue you are working on currently, but also moving forward, you will have the lasting relationship with these people. Oh, that's such a great point, Max. Is someone's major a deciding factor to get into this profession? In other words, if they haven't studied government, if they haven't studied, as you did, political science, is it a deal breaker? Absolutely not. My brother studied physics in college and got his PhD, and he worked in the Senate just last year through a fellowship. There is often my colleagues here in D.C., I would say political science and government are not the common major that my colleagues out here have. A lot of times, folks will have a communications degree or something else that pertains to some skills that are really needed in this area, communication being a great skill to have. But a lot of times, working in government affairs, you are working on specific issues, uh, mine being healthcare, but say yours is transportation, and you were interested in how the transportation world worked. There is a lot of room to work in transportation policy, to work in transportation government affairs. Really, if you have an interest and you studied that interest in school, you can come and work in that field in D.C. There will definitely be learning to have, but even studying political science and government, I had plenty of learning when I got to D.C. as well. Oh, my God. You and me both. I was a poli-sci major as an undergrad and actually before I went to college, I ended up starting college in February. And in the fall, I ended up working on the Hill. And I had no background. I mean, I came out of high school and was working there. But the truth is, I think I'm so glad to hear you say that whatever you're interested in, whatever you studied in school, you can find a way to apply it in government affairs and in lobbying. What about a graduate school degree, Max? And this is less so for someone who's starting out in the field of government affairs and lobbying, more so for somebody who would like to get into the C-suite to become an executive, to become a CEO. I know that you're in the process of getting your Master of Public Administration and Policy. What do you think? First of all, how necessary is it to get one? And if so, which do you think are the most useful ones to have? Right. We are in a world now where it is a lot more common to have the four-year college degree. And for that reason, a master's degree, a higher degree, 
does separate you in the field. I do think it is very important for someone who wants to rise to that C-suite level, as I do, to gain this advanced degree. I think it's really important to show that you are truly committed to this work, to these ideas, and you are showing that you are improving yourself. As you said, I'm in the middle of finishing my master's currently, and there's a lot I've learned in my program that I apply on a daily basis in my work. It's made me a better worker and a better employee. It's opened me up to different ideas and different views. So I think it is very valuable to have this degree, especially when you want to climb to that C-suite level. I do think it is difficult to get there without um, an advanced degree. And in politics, in government affairs and lobbying, there are a few different degrees that a majority of my colleagues in this field do have. Myself, I'm studying public administration and public policy in a combined degree. Those two fields themselves are the most common of the colleagues that I do have in D.C. So public administration, a master in that, a master of public policy, those are very Efficient degrees, very important degrees to have in this work. There are also masters of government affairs, a master of government. Also, if you are going into lobbying for a certain area in healthcare, you can have a master of public health, a master of healthcare communications. There are really different areas you can go that will show that you are invested in this and that you are looking to improve on your skills, add to your knowledge, and really that will be beneficial to climbing in your career. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Max, what kind of life experiences? So these are experiences that we have outside the classroom. Do you think are the most useful ones for someone to have who's starting out in this field? Absolutely. I've had a lot of experiences that I thought were very helpful in this field. Now, working on a congressional campaign, I had the opportunity to see how fundraising works, how different PACs, political action committees, different lobbyists, how the whole system works with raising funds for certain campaigns for political candidates. Now, that was very important to me because I was able to see the other side of the dial. I was working for the member of Congress, but I got to see how they interact with government affairs, with lobbyists. And also when I got to D.C. and worked on Capitol Hill in the legislative office for a congressman, that experience seeing lobbyists come in, being a part of them meeting with the legislative staff really was insightful for me to see, one, how that interaction occurs, how to act in these situations, and number two, the influence that lobbyists do have and how they really can have influence on how certain issues are either going to move forward and get certain attention in political offices or against certain issues. And seeing that firsthand was an incredible experience for me and really was insightful to becoming part of the lobbying field and getting into government affairs. Oh, really? So watching these guys, these men and women at work really inspired you? Right. And, uh, you know, I remember being an intern on Capitol Hill years ago when I was a sophomore in college and seeing the lobbyists come in, seeing their interactions and looking at that, Andrea, and being like, I want to do that. I want to be one of those. Really? Was it a particular issue or was it just the way that they were interacting with the congressman's staff or with the congressman himself? 
it was a combination that they were able to influence what was happening on Capitol Hill. It was how they interacted, that persuasion we talked about, the ability to be a smooth communicator. These were all things that I valued in myself and were things that I knew I had those skills and I wanted to use them in my career. So seeing that really did excite me about coming to D.C. and getting involved in government affairs. Awesome. Max, what is the best part for you of being in this profession, of being at the National Rural Health Association as a government affairs and policy manager? There are a lot of great days that I have on this job. I really do enjoy doing my job. And working for a membership, a trade association, as the National Rural Health Association is, it is a wonderful experience hearing from our members. At the National Rural Health Association, our membership are rural health care providers across the country. Now, when I see my efforts as a government affairs staff coming to fruition on Capitol Hill, whether that's a bill that is introduced that will help change the reimbursement structure for a rural provider that will allow them to keep their doors open and provide care to their rural communities. That is so gratifying to me and shows exactly why I got in this field. So seeing that real impact that we have on our membership and how we are bettering their lives, that is exactly what I came here to do and really shows me why it is so important the work that we do through advocacy. Oh, I love that. And now we both know that every job has its flip side or has its other side, maybe that we don't love so much. And you did allude to the fact that we are in the middle of the coronavirus pandemic. So what is the part of your current job, Max, that sucks the most? Well, there are certain things in lobbying and in government affairs that I would say a majority of people, when they think about the profession, may not know. Now, even myself, before I really saw firsthand how this profession worked, there is a certain sense of what a lobbyist is and what they do and those fun things, going to fundraisers, going to events, going to the White House, going up on Capitol Hill, all great things. But what is missed in that equation and myself working in government affairs and policy, which really do go hand in hand, is that... When there's a regulation that comes down from the government, the Department of Health and Human Services in particular for my work, is that we have to dig through these incredibly complex documents that could be hundreds and hundreds of pages. So that takes a lot of time. And it's taking that information, finding what part of this change in United States policy is going to affect our membership and making that into a concise summary So we are able to really get that information out to our members and come up with our plan with how we will be either pushing back on a proposal or supporting a proposal. That work in the middle there, that digging through these hundreds of pages of this complex document, it's really the nitty gritty of this job, the not so flashy part. And, you know, I wouldn't say that it sucks per se, but I would say that would be maybe my least favorite part of the job, but an absolutely necessary component of it as well. Yeah, my eyes were glazing over there when you said that. So I I just can only imagine what it's like trying to sift through hundreds of pages of legislation or regulations to find the part that's 
relevant to your membership and then trying to translate that into English in a way that everybody can understand it. You know, my hat's off to you, Max. Okay, I've got three final espresso shots. What is the best career advice you've ever gotten, Max? The best career advice I've ever gotten was two-part. And I'd say number one was just to always work hard, but never act like you know everything. And I think that really does show when you are able to ask questions when you don't know something, it shows that you aren't going to do something wrong just for the sake of acting like you know, but you are there to learn and to get better. And that was a piece of advice I think about a lot. And number two is something that I do every single day, and that's smile and being kind to everyone. And I can really say that that does get you places. It makes you build these relationships with people that you may have never had before. If you're just able to be kind, give them a smile and communicate with them kindly. Oh my God. I love that, Max. And that's not just great career advice. That's just great, like being a human being advice. (laughs) Right. And I would say that maybe it's I I grew up in the Midwest and that's, you know, was always instilled in me by my parents. So happy that that always stuck with me. I love it. Okay, Max, what movies, if any, or Netflix, Hulu, Amazon shows or books do you think accurately depict your profession? That's an interesting question. I would say most widely known show involving politics in Capitol Hill and D.C. would be House of Cards. And we all know that that show definitely is a fictional world. But I would say some of the interactions were... So in, let's say, season one, when uh, Kevin Spacey's character, Frank Underwood, was still in the House of Representatives, some of the interactions with lobbyists may have been kind of real to what it is. I remember seeing the lobbyist character going into Capitol Hill, trying to grab time with the congressman. That absolutely happens. You a lot of times are meeting with the staff of the congressman, and you always are trying to get in front of the congressman themselves. So that really, I remember watching that and thinking, that's a little accurate. Now, that show itself and some others based on Capitol Hill life certainly depict lobbyists as throwing these very lavish fundraisers and parties. And that may be true for some lobbyists, but uh, it certainly hasn't been my experience yet. I think it happens more with like the big corporations, the lobbyists with the big corporations, certainly not with the nonprofits. Right. And I think movie, TV, really does focus maybe on that part of being a lobbyist the most. It is definitely entertaining, but um, that really isn't the reality of the job a lot of the time. Yeah, I think that's such a good point. Final espresso shot. What would Java junkies be surprised to learn about your profession? They would be surprised to learn how small of a world it really is. In D.C., there are a lot of different groups that are jockeying for influence on Capitol Hill with the administration. Any industry there is, they have some sort of representation in D.C. But within healthcare, it does seem like it's a small world. My old colleagues, I see them at different coalition meetings we're at now. 
you know, you run into people you know, you were just on a call with them, you see them at the meetings, and it really does kind of feel like a smaller world once you get here, which sounds funny coming from someone like myself who came from a very small town in the country of Michigan to say that in DC it feels like a small world, but sometimes it really does. And I get that feeling often, and I'm sure that would be something surprising to the Java junkies listening to this episode. Yeah, abs. I actually think as somebody who's been in D.C. now, I would say for over 20 years, and I grew up here from the age of seven until the time I went off to college and then I moved away and came back. But as somebody who's worked here consecutively for over 20 years, I feel like I know an awful lot of people. It is a smaller town. It becomes a smaller town when you work here. And I would think certainly in the relationship building profession that you're in and the influencing profession that you're in, it could become very small. Max, I want to thank you so much for making time for coffee today with me and the T4C community. For those who want to learn more, about what Max does as a government affairs and policy manager at the National Rural Health Association, check out the show notes for this episode to see if Max's main Time for Coffee interview has already dropped. Thank you so much, Max, and good luck finishing up your master's. Thank you, Andrea. It was wonderful chatting with you today. Thanks so much for listening to Time for Coffee, where the professionals in the jobs that most interest you always have time to grab coffee 24-7, no matter where you live. I have one quick favor to ask you. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to Time for Coffee. Thanks so much.